Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. A phone line to talk to the Bucko General Manager. Ben, good morning. I hope you and yours are well and uh, you're staying safe and you're all hunkered down. Thanks, Dan. We are, and uh, great to be with you this morning. Yeah. So tell me, I mean, what has this year been like? Because, uh, you know, I, I think about what you have to go through as a first-year general manager, right? For a new regime coming in, first year so important. You evaluate, you learn, you try to plan, you begin to implement, maybe you make some changes. Uh, that's sort of all been put on hold. Um, I guess how has the organization, from your perspective, been able to get better when there have been so many limitations? Well, I think it's a good question. And I think uh, sort of in, in simple terms, uh, what I keep going back to is, you know, we've got to really focus first on making sure that people, uh, and I mean everyone, you know, Pirates employees, our players, uh, people connected to the Pirates that we have relationships with, uh, that people are safe, uh, feel supported, have the information they need to be able to make decisions and take care of themselves. Um, because until people feel that, it's really hard to engage in work activity or focus on ways to get better, et cetera. So we're trying to, we're trying to pour into that first part, um, you know, early and frequently. And then, you know, assuming we can do that and help people, you know, feel secure and safe enough in the midst of a very unusual situation, then we can, then we can ask people to still engage in, in work and trying to get better. And I've, I've been really encouraged, uh, really across the Pirates organization, whether it's our coaches, uh, major league coaches, minor league coaches, our scouting groups, baseball operations, folks on the business side, um, just the level of creativity and energy and really adaptability that people are showing towards uh, still trying to find ways to uh, get be- help the Pirates get better, uh, improve process, continue to evaluate players, uh, continue to talk about coaching strategies, uh, stay connected to our players, continue to coach virtually, uh, sort of all of the above. But I think, sure. I think that none of that happens uh, until first we make sure people are, are feeling safe and secure. So uh, are, are players treating this like a, a, almost a second offseason, Ben? And by that I mean can, can pitchers, you know, get, get their edutronic cameras out and then can they work on different pitch grips and implement, a, you know, a different grip for their slider, different arm slot? Can a batter work on his, his swing adjustment, something along those lines? Or, or is this more so like an extended all-star break where they just are in that keep your body ready uh, to, to go once we are green-lighted? I think it's a combination. I think it's a combination, and that's been a real major 
point of focus in our conversation with coaching and with our players is sort of how to how to use this time. Uh, whereas in a normal off season, you would have probably a short period of time right after the season that would be almost fully full recovery mode before ramping into physical activity, uh, and then baseball activity, strong program, you know, swing swing progression, et cetera, typically starts to happen in November, December, depending on the player. Um, in this case, you know, there was no full down period or recovery. So guys didn't just go home and, you know, shut it down completely. Everybody has maintained a level of activity, and that's because we need to stay in a in a sort of ready state so that uh, when and hopefully if we get the green light to ramp up and get back into a season, uh, we're not doing that from scratch. So and that so that's been sort of a constant calibration since we shut down in March from spring training. Our, that's our, our coaches and performance group have been in uh, in contact with our players constantly about you know regulating that work volume. So guys are continuing to kind of stay in that ready state, that sweet spot where they could ramp up, uh, but aren't but aren't going too far down the other way either, where they're they're losing conditioning and fitness. Um, now, and then the, the good thing is that one, as long as you stay in that ready state, so, you know, for a pitcher example, for example, that might mean once a week throwing a, a bullpen session where they're getting up up and down two or three times. You know, they throw 15, 20 pitches, sit down, take a few minutes, come back, do it again, kind of replicating an inning. So as long as we're doing that, uh, then that also allows us to continue to work on skills, uh, as you said, whether that's pitch design, whether that's something in the delivery for a hitter, whether that's a, uh, something in their swing movement or some approach-related drill. Uh, it obviously looks a little bit different because we don't have a lot of our guys are doing that mostly on their own or with friends or you know maybe maybe peers, uh, social distancing with peers from other teams, et cetera. We don't have a full right. complement of coaches around them. Uh, but a lot of the activity is, I would say it would be similar to, uh, probably a, like a, a late January, February time period. No, oh, that's interesting. As we, uh, chat with, uh, Ben Charrington, general manager of the Pirates, uh, whose organization and team is, uh, preparing to return. You mentioned earlier this week that, uh, you're optimistic that we're going to play baseball. Ben, obviously there's been a ton of reports uh, and ideas. Uh, floated out there uh, from uh, the Arizona-only plan to the Florida-Texas-Arizona plan. Now uh, you see the uh, three team, uh, or th- uh, three divisions of, of ten teams. Uh, a lot has been thrown out there. From where you sit, from what you've heard, uh, is one more likely than the other? Uh, no. Uh, frankly, I think uh, everything is on the table. And uh, the reason for my optimism is less about any particular plan or piece of information that I have that, you know, somebody else doesn't have. Because, frankly, I think we all have mostly the same information. Uh, my optimism is driven uh, just through the knowledge of how motivated both the league, uh, people at the league office, uh, people at teams, and the players themselves are uh, towards finding a way to play and when you have you know those groups highly motivated towards something to find a solution towards something it gives me some optimism that you know at at some point we'll find a solution that works that's safe that protects everybody involved uh people with teams the players themselves um and and people outside the pirates and outside of baseball the public and all of those things have to be considered so 
I think everything is on the table. Um, the league and players association continue to work through, you know, all sorts of options, uh, with a real motivation towards finding solutions, but certainly guided by, um, you know, what the virus is telling us and, and what our health experts are telling us and not going to do anything that puts anybody at any, in any sort of unreasonable risk or risks public health. Um, so that'll guide us. And the, the truth is, as someone reminded me the other day that, you know, we all have opinions about what will happen with the virus over the next several weeks and months. We all have opinions about what might happen uh, with the season. None of us are right. We're all probably wrong by some degree. It's just a question of how, how off we are uh, because this is unprecedented. We just don't know. Ben Charrington, Pirates general manager with us. Um, also, the, the reports have uh, float, float, uh, floating out there, Ben, that uh, spring training 2.0, let, let's call it that, uh, a lot of teams would prefer that be in their home ballpark as opposed to their spring training facility for a variety of reasons. Uh, do the Pirates have a preference in that regard? I think our preference is to, would be to start. So uh, first and foremost, I think our, our players, our staff, our organization would – uh, go anywhere that it's, that is safe and where, you know, there's a reasonable facility and environment to work in. Uh, so that's gonna, that's first and foremost. I think we're gonna be very flexible. Um, there's advantages to, you know, potential advantages to any of the scenarios, whether it's, you know, training at PNC, whether it's trading in Bradenton, somewhere else. Um, certainly if you're in Bradenton or PNC, there's more of a familiarity with facility. So there's a little less sort of uh, learning curve in terms of how to use the space. So there's some advantage to advantage to either of those places. But you got to look at, you know, you got to look at all the factors. You know, certainly health first and foremost, safety, um, weather, the facility itself, transportation, logistics. Uh, who else is you know necessary to support a training environment? Not just the players and coaches, but who else? And how hard is it to get those people there? Um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Has, has the organization got any uh, direct feedback from from the state? Obviously, I'm sure you're familiar with the uh, the, the color coded uh, steps that the, the state of Pennsylvania has to to go through. Uh, is there direct correspondence from what you can ascertain between the Pirates organization and, say, Harrisburg? Yeah, there's been a consistent dialogue with uh, between the Pirates and several groups, uh, both health expert groups and government bodies, and that includes our friends and partners at Allegheny Health Network, and we've had regular weekly calls uh, with their um, internists and infectious disease uh, specialists, so we're getting really good guidance there. Uh, certainly, we have regular, uh, you know, communication with the league office, who also has their own uh, health experts, and there's been, so there's been regular dialogue there. Um and then, and then, as you said, uh, and, and certainly the league is communicating all the time uh, with government agencies, both at the state and federal level. And then uh, we, or you know, really our ownership group, has been in touch with um, the uh, the governor's office in Harrisburg, and and also uh, with government officials in Florida and Manatee County. So there's a lot of conversations going on. Um, and I think we'll, we'll certainly want to continue those conversations. The more information we get, the more dialogue we have with all of those groups, the better informed we will be, and and hopefully vice versa too. I think it, it will, you know, solving for this, uh, not just for baseball, but for any of us, um, 
in terms of how we get back into uh, somewhat more normal activity, uh, I think will be enhanced. The chances of doing that will be enhanced if there's continued collaboration across all those groups. And what are you receiving from the governor's office? What kind of feedback? Can you share that, Ben? Consistent with what you're reading publicly. Um, I think the, you know, the, the state government and uh, Governor Wolf and, and, and in Pennsylvania, certainly they're, they're also in contact with other state agencies, federal government. So it's all a big sort of collaborative web. Uh, but, you know, it, it certainly feels like the state government of Pennsylvania has got a really thoughtful um, step-by-step plan uh, to potentially, uh, you know, reopening and uh, really thoughtful and targeting, you know, areas to do that safely first. And um, so, you know, we're, we're reading all the same stuff uh, you and, and the public is, but uh, comforted just with the level of thought and attention uh, that's going toward it. Ben Charrington uh, with us, Pirates General Manager. As far as uh, testing for Pirates players and staff members, um, do you feel confident that you have that infrastructure, that you would be ready to mobilize and, and go whenever green-lighted in that respect? Because obviously testing is, is key really for, for any of this to, to get going. I'm confident that we've got the people focused on that issue and that uh, we wouldn't, uh, that nothing would happen until our uh, local health experts and health experts that are working with the league uh, feel com- feel confident that whatever testing is necessary um, to protect the safety of players and staff and anybody who would be involved in putting on a major league baseball game uh, not only can happen uh, with that group and that there's uh, you know effective and available testing uh, for that for those groups uh, but also that that in no way, uh, you know, takes away from what would be available for, uh, in terms of testing for anyone else. You know, like the, the last thing the league is going to do is, uh, do anything that would, um, make it harder for testing to happen outside of baseball or, uh, for the public. So, uh, the league is very much focused on, uh, and, and the pirates are very much focused on finding whatever, whatever testing, uh, needs to happen, finding solutions to that that would be, um, additive uh, to the sort of public health initiative and, and not do anything that would get in the way of that. Pirates uh, General Manager Ben Charrington with us. A final few moments here. Uh, on the draft, you mentioned to reporters that you'd obviously like to have more players uh, to be able to draft this year than, uh, than, than, than otherwise. And I hate to ask this in a negative light, but these draft restrictions, let's call it what they are, um, does that does that handcuff the Pirates, especially a first-year regime trying to come in and, and infuse talent? Well, I, 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 I remind myself every day and try to remind others that um, we all need to be focused less on, less on outcomes and more on uh, helping each other, helping process, uh, helping the Pirates you know, get better, uh, whether that's helping a colleague, whether that's helping solve a problem. So whatever, whatever the decision is on the draft uh, is going to apply to 30 teams equally. You know, no team is going to have any distinct advantage. Uh, whatever the number of rounds are will be the number of rounds for every team. And our job is simply to take advantage of that uh, to the best we possibly can with the Pirates and make the best selections we can uh, no matter how many rounds there are. You know, won't be the draft is a really important event, certainly for the Pirates. And uh, if you think about, um, you know, if you think about uh, the opportunity 
to continue to bring in really good talent to the Pirates that's going to help us win long term. Um, you know, even even the first few rounds of the draft, there's huge opportunity to do that. So uh, it's important for the Pirates long term to continue to have access to and invest in young talent for sure. Uh, the 2020 draft will be an important part of that. It won't be the last part of that for sure. Um, and I've been I've been really encouraged by the work that's being done uh, within our amateur scouting group, our informatics group, performance team, and in collaborating and getting ready for uh, the draft, which you know, assuming it's in June, will be a really important event and probably probably look a little bit different than it normally does. Not just the number of rounds, but the the you know possibly virtual doing being done virtually, and so we're getting ready for that. But uh, it's it's been it's actually been exciting to be part of those meetings and you know conversations around the draft it's it's a chance to talk about baseball players and and that's fun for all of us during a time where you know we're not getting to see it on the field ben you mentioned that you're optimistic about major league baseball being played uh this year do you share that optimism as it pertains to minor league seasons well i'm i would say that i'm i'm optimistic and really hopeful that um our minor league players uh that will that will there will be opportunity for minor league players to uh, to continue to get better through training and game activity. What that looks like, when, where, how, uh, a lot to be determined. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, look, I think that, I think it's a simple fact, and I, I certainly, I'm, I'm the last person to be speaking for a minor league, a minor league franchise owner, but, um, if you sort of imagine a major league, uh, game happening in a stadium with no fans, let's say that's, uh, that would be a first step potentially. Um, you know, there's there's uh, is a chance to make that work because you've got um, the opportunity for you know, a lot of people to tune in and watch that game on TV, um, listen on the radio, et cetera. And if you imagine that same thing happening in a minor league ballpark, um, it's harder to it's harder to envision that. It's harder to envision. Um, you know, yeah, there's uh, no TV not, money for minor league teams. Right, it's harder to envision it working without without people in the seats, um, buying tickets, you know, buying hot dogs, beers, etc. Yeah. So, so that having said that, that, Ben, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but uh, is there anything that you can do? Can, can the parent organizations do anything for the minor league clubs, or, or are they essentially on their own? Well, we're working through that. We've certainly been in touch with all of our affiliates, and you know, want to try to be as supportive as we can. Um, there's not a heck of a lot we can do right now to provide content for them uh but we want certainly those are relationships that are and will continue to be important well past uh 2020 but in terms of our minor league players um we do want to do everything we possibly can do and i and again this is something we were you know will and need to work closely with the league the league on but um you know finding ways to make up uh if we can as much as possible for um, time missed, the time they're missing right now, you know, game, game activity that they're missing right now. If you imagine a, um, 19 or 20 year old or really whatever age, uh, the player is, um, you know, missing a, a full season of game activity, um, you know, doesn't, it, it doesn't feel like a good thing at all. And, and so every, every minor league player and every team is facing that, you know, everybody's sort of going through this together. But if there are ways we can make up for that, you know, at least by some percentage, um, you know, when it's safe to do so uh, later in 2020, then we want to 
we want to put our effort towards that. Uh, so, Ben, final thing for you. Uh, minor league baseball may never look the same after this year, not only because of the, the financial ramifications of the coronavirus, but also uh, there is no real deal between uh, Major League Baseball and, and, and Minor League Baseball. Um, are you in favor of the consolidation of Minor League Baseball and some of the plans that have been floated out there and um, basically less leagues and having it operate more efficiently? Is that something that you co-sign on? I would say I'm in favor of two things. I'm in favor of creating the best possible uh, training environment, training and improvement environment for professional baseball players. And for the Pirates, that's particularly important because that's going to be you know, a, a critical element of building a winning team. It's going to, you know, it's a really important, that's sort of the, you know, lifeblood of the organization and, um, the better environment and by environment certainly includes, uh, facility competition as well as coaching and performance staff and sort of every, you know, everything that goes into that soup. Um, I'm in favor of creating the best possible environment. Uh, what does that look like in your, players. in your eyes? for players to get better and again like there's uh, yeah there's a lot of inputs into that and uh some of that is how we're you know our coaching resources some of it's our performance resources but facility and competition level are uh pieces of that too so if there's anything in the current structure that is sort of less than optimal from a, a competition level or facility standpoint we just ought to be looking at that that uh, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that there's one particular solution that's best or fits all but we ought to be looking at that and then the second thing i'd say is i i I certainly feel really strongly that the the minor league baseball um and i would say you know in 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 really most cases in in ways that 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 will look similar to what it has looked like uh is, is absolutely an important and critical part of not just the development infrastructure uh but of the game itself and that there is some, as someone who, you know, spent a lot of time as a kid, uh, you know, uh, traveling, you know, convincing his dad to take him to minor league games because it was just easier to do than get to a major league game. Like, you know, minor league baseball is really important, uh, for the pirates and developing players, but also really important to, uh, the sort of bigger, uh, baseball, uh, world and family and industry mm-hmm. and certainly, and it's certainly the way Certainly gives all of us a chance to, um, you know, connect more deeply in different communities and um, give people that uh, give, you know, myself included as a kid, a chance to kind of fall in love with the game uh, without having to get to a major league ballpark. So it, I think that minor league baseball will always exist, uh, will continue to thrive. Um, you know, we got we also need to look at whether a structure that worked in uh, 19, you know, 20, 30 years ago that largely hasn't changed much um, is still the structure that makes the most sense. And I think that's what the, where the league is focused. And frankly, that's where minor league baseball is focused too. So we'll tr- I'll trust that uh, there's a lot of smart folks working on that issue. As you said, the agreement's up at the end of uh, 2020. So there is some urgency and um, I'm confident that uh, I'm confident that minor league baseball will continue to thrive and we certainly need it to because we need 
we need a great player, place for our players to play. Well, yeah, we just hope the game's uh, going to be thriving here in, in the next couple of months, and I think it will, Ben. Uh, great opportunity, I think, uh, maybe lies ahead for, for baseball here over uh, the next four to six weeks. We'll see where it all goes, and we appreciate you being so gracious with your time, agreeing to come on, and, again, stay safe, you and yours, and uh, we'll be catching up soon. Dan, yeah, my pleasure. Same to you. Please stay safe and all the listeners, too. All right. That's Ben Sherrington, Pirates general manager. Uh, good stuff from the uh, Bucko GM. <laughs>